and welcome to the Motorcycle Mike podcast. Um, in this one, I think I'm going to start talking about um, writing. I do a bit of writing. I've self-published uh, a few books. Um, I want to talk about what got me into what got me into writing. Um, back in my sort of mid thirties, I lost a good friend of mine, um, and we run about in a bit of a group. We all had great times together, and I started to think back on my life um, and the fun things that happened. And I thought I might I might start writing this down just as a bit of a personal journal type thing. And I tried to start writing, um, but I think just with Chris Dan and the circumstances, I was a bit angry, and it, it just it was hard. I wrote maybe a couple of thousand words down, um, and I just tore them up and threw them in the bin. And then it's a sort of thing that just sat on the back of my head for years, thinking about it, thinking about it, just the odd time, maybe for a few seconds, you know, two or three times a year, this thing entered my head, just start writing things down. Um, especially after I got into reading in my early 30s, um, started to read a lot about um, motorcycle adventure and around the world, people who had travelled around the world and been to different places and reading about things like that. So that got me interested in reading and I loved it. I f- just fell, fell deeper in love with reading every year. Um, and I, I wrote about that in my first book. I don't think it was fully explained to me or many people the benefits of reading um, whenever we were at school. Um, not that's not a, I'm not trying to you know, put my teachers down. Um, but yeah, there was something not right there, I feel. Um, but moving on, yeah, the writing. So as I say, years passed and then my, my younger children came along and you start to look at life and you start to look at things and especially um, whenever you have friends and things like that, that that die or pass away whenever they're young. And I sort of thought to myself, you know, I would like to write a diary down, stuff that happened to me, just in case I don't get the chance when I'm older, something happens to me, tomorrow's, as in thinking, you know, tomorrow's promised to no man, type of uh, type of thinking. So, yeah, as I say, it sat in my mind for, for years. And then about three years ago, coming up to three years ago, uh, I remember lying in bed one Sunday morning, and I've always been a bit of an early riser. But this particular morning, uh, I woke up probably five o'clock in the morning. With this, you know, and you do, you know, there's something, in, or everybody has that, most people have that negativity thing in the back of their head where it's going, you can't do it, you don't, can't do it, you, you know, who are you to think you are to write anything down, blah, de, blah, de, blah, negative voice in the back of your head trying to stop you from doing things that you want to do. Uh, and, it, and there's a part of that is, you know, what, are, what is other people going to think about it, you know? Um, and then I just thought to myself, who the hell, what what am I thinking this nonsense for? Like, you know, I don't care really what other people think. It's not like something I'm doing, I'm not doing a criminal activity. So I just bounced out of bed uh, and I went down, turned on the computer and I started from where I was, as in, you know, the date that it was. I'll just open the book up to where it, where it was. Um, where is it? The first book is called Bikes, Cars, and Thoughts from Mars, by the way. Uh, an adventure book like no other. 
And on the front, it says, from a child to adulthood, from Tonka Truck to Triumph Tiger 1050, one man, one life, many adventures. And yeah, I thought it, I thought that was quite catchy. Um, but you know, started it off on the on the first chapter, which I aptly named the start. Um, it is Sunday morning, the eighteenth of February, twenty eighteen. The past couple of weeks, I've started to get a bit of excitement in my bones about the year ahead's motorcycling adventures, which I had done for the past. That, at that time, the past couple of years, um, getting into motorbikes, getting involved with doing a bit of touring around Ireland um, and places like that. But I camp on weekends away and stuff and really, really just started to, to enjoy that. A bit of time away from family life and business life just to, uh, just to unload and unwind. So, as I say, I started writing then um, about that. And another thing, probably one of the major contributing factors to kicking my ass out of that bed that morning and starting to write was previous to this, I started to look into my family history, um, my ancestral trail, more to the point. And I got so far back, found out so much stuff uh, about where my family had came from. I got back to 1600, uh, back to France. I went from France to Germany to Ireland. And we've been working, we were working for farmers for about seven generations in the Castlereagh Hills, and then moved into Belfast, the city itself, where I am the fifth generation in the building trade uh, in Belfast in my family, which I found all great. But I started to think, you know, why didn't anybody write anything down? Maybe they didn't, they got lost, but I just thought, wouldn't it be fantastic to find, like, even a few notes that your great-great-great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather had written down, explaining a little bit about their life, what it was like, and how they felt at that time. And I thought that was pretty fascinating to start to think like that. And then that pushed me again, as I say, to start to think, well, why don't I do that? Why don't, why don't I write stuff down for, you know, my grandkids, my kids, maybe my grandkids, my great grandkids, you know, and then I started to think, you know, wouldn't it be fascinating? It fascinated me to think, you know, and a couple of hundred years time or 300 years time or even further on down the line, you know, a descendant of mine, a great, 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 great grandchild at some stage um, would pick up a book, something that I've written uh, and read it and learn about you know, what I got up to, what I got up to, their great, 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 great grandfather or, or whatever, you know. So, yeah, that was a major thing. I think that was a major major pushing point for me to start writing stuff down as i say um and i just i just probably i, I fell in love with it a bit and i thought to myself it doesn't really matter if anybody reads it that you know outside of my family it doesn't really matter that doesn't it wasn't about um a commercial thing it wasn't about making money or, or anything like that and still isn't like there is uh, trying to make money writing books like you know you need to be 
yeah, you need to put some serious hours into it. Like it's crazy. Um, anybody that writes there for a living, I have the utmost respect for them. I'm lucky enough; I don't have to, so I, I'm I'm actually free to write whatever the hell I like doing uh, and be who be who I want to be when I'm writing. You know, I think a lot of writers out there have to sort of follow suit to whatever uh, whatever's in at certain periods of 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 the time. Um, I don't have to do that. Which I'm glad of, um, but uh, I think it's fantastic. Anybody that does make a living at it, but it, um, yeah. So, um, I I do I, I think it's a great thing to do. I think especially if somebody is feeling a wee bit, I don't know, lost or out of sorts or something, to start even writing down a personal journal, um, and writing stuff down. But uh, yeah, I'll go back to the book here and start reading a bit from it. As I say, it's called Bikes, Cars and Thoughts from Mars. From a child to adulthood, from Tonka Truck to Triumph Tiger 1050. One man, one life, many adventures. An adventure book like no other. And I, I started to write this, it's coming up to three years ago this February. Um, as I say, here it is. It is Sunday morning, the 18th of February, 2018. That's the morning I was talking about. I jumped out of bed. Past couple of weeks, I've started to get a bit of excitement in my bones about the year ahead's motorcycling adventures. The past couple of years, I've been putting more and more miles on the clock. Having a young family, it's not that easy to get the time. There's no, I think I'll just strap on the panniers and head off around the world, love. See you this time next year and give the kids a kiss from me on their birthdays. Nope. No, there isn't. <laughs> Can you imagine? For that sort of adventure, I have to purchase a book written by an adventurer or author who has or an author who has the spare time cash and lack of responsibilities to tackle such a journey i've read a few adventure books some great others not so much but most of them usually involving vast journeys over many thousands of miles crossing continents enduring hardship and in some cases life-threatening experiences to those noble adventurers i say a massive Bravo, old chap. I enjoyed sitting in the glorious comfort of my humble home with a bottle of wine and the open fire warming my toes as I went on that journey with you via reading your book. And I tell you, there is, there's some books that you read there and, and the things that they go through. I, I couldn't do it, you know, um, adventures traveling around the world, especially when it comes to border checkpoints and certain places where they're, they're being held to ransom. Um, uh, so they have to hand out bribes and stuff. I, I just don't think I would be able to cope with that kind of thing. I would just crack up, blow up with people, and probably end up in jail or something. But it's great to read about it. And sometimes it, it is actually whenever you're reading about it and you're reading about the hardship they're going through, you're, you're, you're feeling frustrated with them, which is a good thing whenever you're reading books like that because, you're, you know, you're on the journey there with them, like, you know. I, I've read books, Sam Manicum, stuff like that. They're maybe at ports and they're, they're trying to get their motorcycle and luggage back out of back out of storage after it's arrived on a ship and they're having arguments and disputes with people. Like, And you're going, my God, you know, you, 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 you can feel yourself being there with them and you want to just go up and strangle somebody <laughs> because they're just being such a pain in the arse, you know, all because of the one money. For nothing. On top of what they're already getting paid for doing their job. But yeah. 
um, as I go on here, of course, you don't need a motorcycle to go on an adventure. Should it be a bicycle, motorcycle, car, or just lacing up your hiking boots and heading out the door? On wheels or footwear, there are adventures out there for everyone. There is an, there is, this is another of the many reasons that brought me to put my fingers to keyboard in an attempt to write something inspiring for people out there who are looking for adventure without circumnavigating the globe or spending much money. Also to share my memories through my life involving toys, bicycles, motorcycles and cars, plus some random memoirs and thoughts thrown in here and there for good measure and hopefully amusement. First off, let's look at the meaning. Adventure, a daring experience, trial, activity and a few other things you could pluck out of a dictionary like I just did. So it doesn't have that much to do with distance travelled or suffering you've put yourself through. Take a ride across your own country to a place you have never been before. Look down a road and think, I wonder what's down there. You know what? I'm going to find out. Look at a map of your country. Start to branch out and look at all the places you've never been. The roads that will get you there and the many great sights along the way. Which is brilliant, you know, the first, when I first got into it, uh, you know, I'd passed my test on my motorbike after numerous years being away from a bike. This was in my early 30s and I was running around with guys that were just sort of basically floating around the coast on a Sunday down here in County Down around the Arch Peninsula and back again, you know, you're talking about a 20, 30 mile run every once a week or once a fortnight, which is just wasn't doing it for me. So, you know, as I say, I got into reading motorcycle adventure books and things like that. And I thought to myself, you know, I want to do bigger stuff. I want to go over to Scotland and things and, and do that sort of, you know, a weekend's away and things like that. So I'd went up to Charles Hurst Motorcycles in Belfast, checked out a few bikes and then got talking to Made of mine now, Ken Dugan up there, uh, and I arranged I bought a Triumph Tiger 1050, sort of adventure style motorcycle off him. And it was there that Ken talked to me about um, these weekend runs that they had arranged with a, through a guy called John Bruce, who runs um, MI Moto Tours. I'm not too sure if he's still going at the minute. Everything that got shut down at the minute because of the pandemic but we ended up that may yeah that, that may following may we went on a weekend up to kong in county mayo which involved well we met up on the friday morning and then rode um a couple a couple of hundred miles up to kong 170 mile i think it is up to Kong, um, and the bed and breakfast, stayed there the night, had something to eat up the next morning, and then we toured all around Connemara. And we seen things, everybody on the tour hadn't been out that neck of the woods before. I think there was maybe 16 bikers or something on the tour, and nobody had seen, nobody had been out that way, the, the west coast of Ireland. And uh, yeah, there's a guy, Phil, that, that I met on it. He only lives around the corner from me. And I, I never, never met him before in my life. And we toured around Connemara. Um, and it was it was amazing. 
everybody was blown away, you know, um, at the sights that were seen, uh, you know, and so many people don't bother going to see it. And yeah, it was it was a real starter for ten for me. And from then on, I just went right. You know what? I'm gonna, I I want to go further. I want to go different places um, and see different things. And I just started after when I came home from that. I started to go away. Just um, even getting up on a Friday morning and touring all around the place. Uh, maybe doing three or four hundred miles on a Saturday, as I say, um, and all the other things, which we'll move on to later on uh, in other other podcasts. Um, but uh, chapter two in uh, my first book is called Early Adventures, and that's just about a wee bit about you know, where does the essence for adventure come from? You know, I remember as a kid, like Christmas morning, dreaming about for weeks before that, dreaming about getting on my bike to ride a new bike. You know, two wheels always just did it for me. Um, so Chapter two, early adventures, starting off from like my early childhood, as far back as I can remember. Um, so I start off, I think I must have been about six years old when I got an action man complete with helicopter for Christmas. Not sure exactly how it came about. It must have been me showing a great interest in a TV advert showing action man flying around in his helicopter on his heroic missions. And me watching with great excitement, believing Santa could deliver me a real flying action man to go on adventures with. I think you do. Whenever you're a kid, you're young and you see things on TV and they're actually, you know, set up some sort of prop so that it looks like the helicopter's flying. But when you're that age, you're going, yeah, I want I want a flying helicopter. <laughs> you know, you're thinking the bloody thing can fly. But, yeah. Santa could deliver me a real flying action man to go on adventures with. Well, disappointment does not entirely cover how I felt that Christmas morning, having unwrapped my presents and loaded Action Man into his war machine. I, I, I can remember this as clear as day, like it's crazy. Just the crazy things that stick in your head when you're a kid. I carried them both to the top of the stairs. I then turned around and launched them into the air, sending them on their maiden flight. Oh, my God. Only, <laughs> only to be left wholly traumatised and cried my eyes out as the damn thing did not make the slightest effort to fly. It went plummeting to the bottom of the stairs and smashed into about 60 pieces. And I mean, <laughs> it just disintegrated. There was a big plastic screen on the front of these damn things. And this thing disintegrated into pieces. Um, I mean, the bloody thing flew perfectly well on TV. So what the hell was Santa playing at, leaving me a flightless aircraft for my main Christmas present? You know, even the mom was obviously ridiculous. Was he not the jolly, jolly spreader of joy that I was led to believe? The man whose sole purpose in life was supposed to be the one day a year give children their heart's desire. Doubt. Doubt, that big word doubt at that age, eh? Probably didn't even know what it meant. Had spread through my seven-year-old mind. But we started off with a six. And at that point, I thought he was one serious asshole. And if he had walked in that door at that moment, I'd have shoved what was left of my helicopter up his fat butt. I probably would have too, because I remember being, I just don't remember being so heartbroken about the whole bloody thing. Uh, and what would Jesus have to say about this? I mean, what would he have to say on, on, on his birthday? 
Santa Sena me, a flightless aircraft, a ridiculous person. I remember that day not only because of the emotional tragedy unleashed upon my inner being, but also because when my uncles and aunts came around later on that on later on and were told the full story of why I had a face on me like a well slapped bum. Every year after that, they loved to bring up the story of me launching my helicopter from the top of the stairs as a source of great amusement. I mean, like, I'm talking about even up into my 20s, uh, possibly early 30s. Um, you know, when, when my aunts, they all used to come around to my mum's every Christmas day, or every uh, Christmas, Boxing Day. They always came on Boxing Day. And they used to come up, to, you know, after a couple, maybe a couple of drinks. Do you remember the year our Michael launched the helicopter up the top of the bloody stairs? And everybody's in stitches at it, you know? It was funny. But, yeah, it wasn't funny at the time. I'll tell you that. Um, yep. So launching a helicopter from the top of the stairs is a source of great amusement. Bless him. Bless him, my uncle tried to you, my uncle Jim, God love him, he tried to you, he glue the bloody thing back together again. But it was a pointless effort. Lesson learned, don't believe everything you see on T bloody V. Looking back, I reckon these are the things that inspire our first senses, feelings for adventure, using our imaginations through our toys as children in our innocent minds. I remember toys breaking easily. And I think, you know, yeah, there is a big part of that. Whenever you're a kid and you have toys, like I remember you know, having wee cars and matchbox cars and things like that. And like out in the soil and the floor beds and stuff, just making wee tracks for them and racing them around and things like that. So it does, it does inspire your mind, uh, an adventurous mind, toys and things like that whenever you're a kid. Um, yeah. Using our imaginations through our toys as children in our innocent minds. I remember toys breaking easily when you played a little rough with them. But then came the Tronka truck. Who remembers the Tonka truck back in the 70s? This thing was advertised on TV as r tough to the point of being indestructible. Shown carrying stones and rocks on its tipping loading body while driving over rough terrain. It was my want to have present for my birthday. If any child could break that super truck, it was me. And if it broke, those assholes at Tonka Truck Factory would be getting a piece of my mind. My birthday came, my Tonka truck was unwrapped and immediately put through its paces. I'd already set out in my mind some rigorous tests. <laughs> I remember doing this before the Tonga truck came. I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm with you here. I would be putting my new truck through some rigorous tests. I would be putting my new truck through, involving being thrown down the stairs, a head-on collision at high speed into a pebble dash wall, then dropped from a height of 10 feet, from our upper garden wall on the concrete. <laughs> yep, that was one tough truck, all right. Mum came out and tried to explain to me that although it was advertised as indestructible, that didn't mean I should go well out of my way to try and prove them wrong. I just don't think Mum realised that as far as I was concerned, Mr Trunk had personally come up to me with his truck, spat in my face, called me a sissy, and dared me to break, try and break the bloody thing. Well, Mr. Tonka won, Tonka won that time, and I got a bit bored. Turns out I like things better when you can smash them to pieces and end up emotionally distraught. Yes, okay. I might have had some issues. See, I think I did have some issues, actually. <laughs> See, there are two types of boys. One, 
who likes to get toys and plays a bit hard with them until the wheels fall off and end up in the bin. And then there are those boys who get toys and look at them and admire them, keep them in a display cabinet for many years. You can spot them on Antiques Roadshow, displaying their collection of toys they never played with so as not to scratch them. You'll also see see those pushing trolleys around behind their wives in shopping centres unless they are 50 years of age, still living in their parents' roof space where Action Man has his own bed beside them. The saddest thing of all is they end up living life with very swollen space hoppers, all because they never played a bit rough with their Tonka truck. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. There is, you know, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, to me, toys and things like that, there are, all right, maybe I was a bit extreme, but toys are there to be played with and, and, and biased out and blattered about, especially whenever you're a boy. Uh, and them guys that push shopping trolleys around behind their wives. Do you ever see them like in Marks and Spencers or something? No, they're about 65, you know, and their face on them. They've got a face on them like a well-slapped arse because, they're, you know, it's the most depressing thing to go shopping with your wife. I don't go shopping with my wife. It's fucking madness. Don't do that to yourself. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we bit off subject here. Um, yeah. A very early memory in my mind is of me first riding my bicycle without stabilizers. I remember my dad with his hand grasping the back of the saddle of the bike to, to steady me, helping me along as I tried to find my balance over and over again until something just clicked. And I, you know, I can, I can, I can remember that. I can remember the exact moment. Uh, the dad kicked in. I can remember the street. It was a street called Devon Parade in uh, East Belfast because that, that's where we lived. It was beside a hall. It was called the Goldstone Hall. Um, so, yeah. On the way I went with this overpowering feeling of achievement. Then he took me over to the curb and showed me how to put the pedal up, then push down on it and shove myself off. You know, because I think I was a wee bit, still a wee bit short for the bike and couldn't just fully touch the ground on it. Um, so he took me over to this curb. Just put your put your right foot on the foot on the curb, sitting up high with the bike on the road. Bring the paddle up with your left foot, and then push off. And away I went. And uh, the feeling I can remember that feeling. You know, um, uh, whenever you first start to ride a bike, it's amazing. Uh, da, da, da. Then he took me over to the curb and showed me how to first how to put the paddle up, then push down. And shove off myself. At the same time, never needing his help to ride my bicycle again. Because whenever you get it, whenever you get that, you, you just don't need to be shown again. You just go. Uh, and it might take a while to get it, but you just do. I taught my kids how to ride bikes. And yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And then they just get it. I remember the street. I remember the spot on the curb where I first paddled off by myself. And I remember how it felt to be independently capable of cycling. It felt bloody well brilliant, and I did. I was around five years old, nearly 43 years ago. It's now 45, nearly 46 years ago. A lasting memory implanted in my mind that must be the earliest I can recall. Yeah, it is. You know, and what is it about bicycles? First about bicycles, because you can travel further. Once you get learned to cycle, you know, you've got this thing where, you know, you can get, you can fit a lot more distance and a lot more in the shorter space of time. 
and that's the same sort of thing as a motorbike but i'll get on to that i'm going to finish up here because i've been going on for nearly half an hour i was only going to do about a 10 minute one but sure um i hope you enjoyed me yarning on yet again um i'm sort of warming into this i hope so uh i think i feel it <laughs> but anyway listen um hope you enjoyed it um if I get any response, I am truly grateful for it. Uh, see if this works out. Uh, as I say, there's a lot of issues that, that I want to bring up as I go along, but at the, at the minute, it's about inspiration. I'm trying to inspire uh, people who maybe just need a bit of inspiration. I, I look back over my life, um, and I remember at, young, at a young age, you know, teenager and early 20s and stuff, where I really could have done with a bit of inspiration and a bit of advice at times and I'm sure there's plenty out there feel the same way and sometimes a bit of wisdom is a hard thing to find in life so as I say I'll keep it going and see how we go everybody take care of yourselves out there thanks for listening <laughs>